Today's episode is brought to you by the Arrowhead Coffee Company, Canadian veteran-owned Arrowhead Coffee. Coffee that inspires and supports veterans, first responders, and their families. To order your very own delicious Arrowhead Coffee, visit arrowhead.coffee. That's not arrowhead.com or .ca, it's arrowhead.coffee. And save 10% with discount code OTR10. That's Oscar Tango Romeo 10 and get your Arrowhead coffee today. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. And we are live with Dr. Jody Carrington on Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Let's do this thing. All right, we have overcome the technical difficulties and we are rolling, sister. Oh, Mark, hello. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? Well, I am doing good. Uh, well, Dr. Jody Carrington's on my show and you're kind of a big deal. So I'm doing well, uh, doing well. Uh, I love it. I love it. It's such an honor to be here. I love what you're doing. Two years, slugging through the hard stuff. We talked about this before we went on about you know, how do you have these hard conversations that nobody want to talk about, but everybody wishes there was a place to do it. And I love that you're providing that space. I love that, you know, there's, there's more and more resources. We just got to figure out which are the ones that are useful, right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, there's so many, I mean, it's like flavors of ice cream. Not everybody likes double chocolate chip. So you, you have to go check out a few and you can't just go to one resource and go, that sucks. I didn't like it. Well, all right. There's probably 10 more that are, that are similar, but not the same. So keep looking, keep mm-hmm. looking for your flavor of ice cream. Mm-hmm. Not for everybody. Yeah. I love that. And, and I think sometimes what we often say the most, and I mean, you tell me your thoughts about this. I think it's like, we often say in this business, reach out, reach out, look for the resources, look for the resources. Here's what I'd want to say to everybody listening. Let's reach in. Because if there's you and me listening to this, and if we've ever felt overwhelmed, burnt out, considered suicide, been on the edge of wondering if anybody fucking knows what it's like to do this holy hellish work, that means somebody else has had that thought too. So if you have anything left in the tank, don't ever underestimate your power to reach out to at the end of a shift, get somebody's eyes at the end of a shift to be able to just even, you know, um, say I'm so glad we we were here together tonight or thanks for that or um, just checking in. That question of how, what's the hardest part is sometimes so powerful. Not just you do. You're good. You good. That is not a reach in. You good <laughs> is not a reach in. That is a telling of how you're doing. You're good. You good. We want each other to be good. But if we truly want to do this work of reaching in, we say things like, uh, I'm checking in, right? What's the hardest part? 
I'm so happy you're here. I bet these days aren't easy serving a bunch of fucked up, dysregulated people. Yeah. How's that? So how do we step into those things? And I think so much of it, we're scared for, uh, for the answer. We're scared to open it up. We're scared that there won't be anywhere to go if we do. We're scared. And it's so interesting. There's often not a fix to it. It's actually the acknowledgement that tends to be the most healing, right? Uh, I'm, I'm so glad you told me. I'm. Let's keep talking. I think that's why a lot of people go quiet. Uh, somebody drops a truth bomb on you of how they're actually doing. They tell you the fucking truth. And, and then people just don't know what to do with that because they they shut up because they if they can't fix it for you that doesn't feel very nice because we're fixers so if i can't fix it for you they just shut up and avoid you it's like well that's the opposite when somebody reaches out to you and does a little truth bomb on how they're really doing they're reaching out and looking for connection and support and affirmation when you go silent on them as a result, that is the opposite. You're creating isolation. But that is something I've seen in my own personal life. And it's, uh, I see it a lot in the peer helper community. I, I love that take. And, and here's the thing. I think the suggestion around this is that we go silent because we're scared, not because yeah. we're cowards. We go silent because we want to fix and help. This is what I said this to you before we started today. I've never met a first responder. And I mean, I've met a lot of assholes who are first responders, but I've never met one that started out that way because you don't get into this business um, without in there somewhere, a commitment to serve, to help, to be the person that can handle the chaos. Right. And I think that that's the part that gets drowned out. That's the part that gets mean, that gets covered up with this isn't fair, fuck you, the all of those kind of things. Yeah. And I think part of the deal is, you know, mad is sad's bodyguard. I'm going to say that one more time because I was that 12 year old kid taught me that mad is sad's bodyguard. I have never met a mad that wasn't sad. And part of our job, if you truly want to be a fixer in the emotional frame of this world, which, by the way, first responders are never taught to do, okay? You're taught to, to fix physical problems, not problems of the heart. And then people say this to me, well, I didn't get into this to be a fucking social worker. Listen, bitch, yes, you did, okay? Because if you have that skill to be a, an emotional holder, not a fixer, because you can't fix anybody's emotion. If you have the capacity to do that, you're phenomenal. You, The best military personnel, the best ops, uh, 911 ops, the best uh, commanders, the best police officers, firefighters, physicians, nurses who have the capacity to not fix an emotion for just in a, section, a second, just hold it, are the ones we admire the most, okay? So here is some of the things that I think are really critical. There is no fix to, I feel like a fucking piece of shit. I hate everybody. I question my life. I, you know, nothing. If you say things like this, uh, have you went for a run? Are, are you drinking your water? Uh, uh, that's not what I want. Here's a, here's a couple of turns of phrase that will give you, because you might get there, right? Because that that is actually indeed what we may need to get to. Those are the strategies that we need to arrive at, but we can't arrive at, those strategies unless we're acknowledged first. Okay. So things like this, these three words save my ass all the time when I don't know what to say. Tell me more. That's uh, yeah. the top of the pain funnel. Oh, 
right? And I don't, I don't want to know more. This is the hard part. You're not going to ask that question because you actually want to know more, right? Because you're going to panic and be like, holy fuck, he just told me he's, you know, he's got suicidal thoughts or he thinks he's a fucking whatever. Tell me more. What's the hardest part? That's another phrase that I often love to say. What happened next? And then just this idea of, I'm so glad you told me. I'm so glad you told me. And then if the question comes, what do we do next? If you don't know, you say that. I don't know. But I think this is a start. There is, it is so important what you're saying. Um, the version that I teach of the same thing is called the the pain funnel. When I used to be a sales trainer, actually, is where I learned it. You, yeah. you, hear, you hear that something is wrong. Instead of just reacting to what you think you just heard, you explore it. And you drill down on it using the pain funnel. It's a series of questions like what you just did. It's an investigative tool. Um, what happens, though, uh, at, in the peer support world, I'm finding, is that people that are well-intentioned keep screwing it up. And they are creating sanctuary trauma. And by doing it the way you're doing it, the way you're explaining it, that avoids sanctuary trauma. Don't try to fucking fix it. Try to understand it. Because mm -hmm. through the act of trying to understand, you are creating connection, which is really what is missing and what we're looking for. A sense right. of connection and safety. And, and, you know, when you say it's what we're looking for, it's so true. It's what we're all looking for. Absolutely. Your wife, your kids, your commander in chief, because that idea to be witnessed knows no hierarchy, knows no gender identity knows no culture, knows no good guy, bad guy, socioeconomic status. The piece of shit that you have to pick up tomorrow off the street, the babe who you come to the call and mom and dad have abandoned, you, your, your team lead, your superintendent, the chief of police, every single one of us, the human soul does not want, Parker Palmer said this, the, humor, the human soul does not want to be fixed or saved. It merely wants to be witnessed and then we proceed, but it has to happen in that order. Do you understand? And we always jump that witnessing. Holy fuck, dude, that must be hard. I'm so sorry you're here. What a lonely place. After all you've served in this country and in this community, you don't deserve this. I wish you weren't here. Tell me more. What's the hardest part? This is a safe place to say it. I don't know the answers, but I'm gonna listen. Let's figure this out together. Is sometimes the only thing you need. People say to me, is that enough? Like, but then what do we do? But that is 90% of the work. People say to me, is that it? Are you sure? Yes, be fucking nice. That is what the world needs right now. We don't need more strategies and say, but then what do we do? Don't, don't worry, there's lots of plans for how we take action. There's no plans for emotion. There's no plans for connection. There's no, um, I think, permission to just slow it down and not have to fix it in the moment. Here, here's the problem with, with the world of first responding. You are the fixer. That is what you love to do. Not only in this, in a career you chose, but you often play that role in your families. Call Mark, he's got it. 
No, Mark, you, Mark does that. Mark will take over. Mark, I got it. Let me, no, 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 no. I'll do this. No, no, like, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. So then, you know, people say this to me as first responders all the time. How come is anybody ever going to help me? Does anybody ever see me? Why does everybody always ask me to be doing everything? Like, what about fucking me? You typically are that person in your life, even prior to, to getting into this world of first responding. The sense of denial or the problem of denial with problems, that first phone call, when I first picked up the phone call to ask for help, it was the heaviest freaking phone call. It's one of the most difficult things I've ever done for life in my life is, is pick up that phone and call the Royal Canadian Legion to say, hey, I think I need to check up from the neck up. <laughs> really? I love that. And the hardest thing, because I'm used to wearing the cape, I'm yes. used to being the rescuer, the hero. And the last thing that anybody who is used to uh, wearing a cape wants to do is to admit that they're the ones that need the help now. And <laughs> when, when you finally, finally reach out for help, whoever is, is hearing that, better freaking do something about it and, and and acknowledge it because what's what happens a lot of times like oh no you, you're fine you got this yeah so but let's be clear right when I you know. say right when you say you better do something about it what you're saying is let, let's be clear right doing something is not fixing it you no. do not need the answer you do not need the program you do not need the place to say okay here's the next five things you do you first of all call a psychiatrist then you check into this department then you just shut your hole there is no state of affairs that you need to be very clear about all you need to do let me be honest in this place is say i'm so glad you told me here let tell me more is this the first time you talked about this what am i missing I'm so grateful that you did this one step at a time. Let's figure it out. Be a soft leaf to land. That, that's somebody, it. People say, is that somebody's, it? Yeah. Somebody's in free fall when they're reaching out for help to you. If they're sharing something with you, your only job is to be a soft place to land because they are in free fall and they're, and they're asking you to catch them. So fucking catch them and just right. say, Hey, that's understandable, man. That's cool. You know what? Of course, you went through a lot. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. And if you hear them say, here's a little tip for if you hear anybody say, yes, but, okay, <laughs> you've, you've already jumped into the fixing. Okay. So if you and if I think I'm doing a great job and I'm saying, oh my God, you know, Mark, I'm so glad you told me, dude, like, this is exhausting, eh? Like, you know, there's so many things we can try. And, uh, you know, I, I think what we should really do is, you know, think about like, you know, maybe, you know, let's start a running group, dude. And if you say to me, yes, but Jody, I've, I've done all of those things. That's my trigger to be like, okay, I didn't hold the emotion enough. He's yes, butting me. He's yes, butting me already. I've tried that. I've tried that. I tried that. And usually then we get into this thing and we're like, what the fuck do you want from me then? Why are you telling me all these things if you've tried all this shit? Because what nobody has tried is just holding space. Yeah. Right. What nobody's tried is just sitting with that. Now we get scared. If we stay down there too long, what would you just fucking float in this abyss of emotion and pain and trauma? Listen, there is a time where you come up the other side. There is an action phase to this process. But it's a two-part series, and one must precede the other, which is I have to feel it. I have to name it before I tame it. You have to name it 
before you tame it. You cannot reconcile something you do not understand the truth of. You cannot, when you're acknowledged, then you will rise. And it happens in that order. What's your thoughts on critical incident, incident stress debriefing, on getting on things right after the incident? Uh, have you seen any compelling studies on it, if it's a, if it works, if it doesn't work? I've had um, a few different uh, people that are experts on it, and I'm, I, I keep getting conflicting um, opinions on it. Uh, the data is clear, okay? When, uh, let me explain this to you from a physical injury perspective, because sometimes this is easier to, to understand. When you, your body has experienced a trauma, an insult, an injury, okay? If the nature of the injury, let's take this from a physical perspective, okay? So you've came out of an event and you got a scratch on your arm, okay? Doesn't really need to be addressed in the moment, but if I do something about that, that's gonna be really helpful. If I was playing rugby and I fucking got my knee spun around, cut wide open, it was a massive trauma injury. What is my first, should I leave that for a bit? Just let her settle? Now, what needs to happen? Do I need to then lecture this person about what they should have done differently? That this was a really bad choice? No, what I need to do is attend to the injury. I need to, immediately as soon as I can address it, assess it, figure out sort of what, okay, let's really look at this. Let's set it. It's going to fucking, oh, okay. 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 That the sooner, now you tell me the sooner I do this, the better. Yeah. The sooner, the better. Direct. Um, same happens with emotional injuries. Do I have to do, I mean, is every emotional injury the same? Do I need to unpack every fucking shift, everything? No, 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 no. And is it about reconstructing how the knee actually fucking got around to the back? And if I would have put myself in a different position, I would have avoided the, shut up. What, do I have the kneecap where it's supposed to be? No. Okay, I don't care how it got there. Is it painful? Where does it hurt? Okay. Listen, look at me, look at me. I got you, I got you. This should, you're scared and you should feel it. I got it. Come on, hardest part. Look at me, look at me. Let's get this set back on track. You did everything you could in that moment. Look at me, breathe. I'm gonna snap this back into place for a second. Now, is the residual? Yes, you just had you, you just picked up 17 dead bodies after a bus crash flipped over, okay? We're, we're not, we're not gonna stew it. I'm just gonna just put the, your little leg back together and then we're good. Woo, did it. CISD, Denzo, check mark on the thing. We are fucking good. No! But the sooner I attend to that, the sooner I get you regulated, eating, swallowing, making eye contact, naming it, means that I'm restructuring that part of your brain so that it is easier to process it. Because it is an experience, it is not a defining moment in your life. And when I process it, it gets filed into a memory and an experience, not a lived emotion that haunts you the fuck of every second for the rest of your life, which you do not deserve, okay? Nobody deserves, understand? It's so unfortunate when people say, just let go, just let go. It's like, I'm, I'm okay you, Elsa. I'm not hanging on to it. It's hanging on to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people don't understand. 
Yeah. 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 And, and you need to name it to tame it. And so when we say just let go, I mean, it's in the past, it happened two years ago or five years ago or 20 years ago or last month or whatever the deal is. Cool. And then so people say, well, do I have to unpack everything moment to moment? No, listen, the body keeps the score. So if you've been in, in multiple, um, listen, the definition of trauma is any experience encoded in terror. So it becomes very difficult for me to say this, Mark, will you will encode in terror and this, Jody, you will encode in terror. You and I could be in uh, Baghdad together. You're very well trained. You've been there for six months. You know what this siren means. You know what this means. You, you know, this is not a threat today. I step in there tomorrow. This is new to me. Right. I just was sitting in a refugee camp for two days where everything was on a heightened state of arousal. I was so scared about everything. I come in, the alarm goes off, guess what? Ah! I encoded that moment in terror, right? So even on the same scene, we may process two things very differently because I'm calm, I'm relaxed. I know I have you at the helm just to tell me what I need to do. If, my, if, I, if I have people who are like, no, 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 you're trained to do this, look at me. All we need to do is get these babies out of here and get them safe. Can you help me do that? Yes, sir. My body is relatively calm. I can address these situations and use my training. If I come upon a scene, the exact same scene, and I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing, I recognize people. I start to go in a state of heightened arousal for very many reasons, right? I'm going to encode that scene very differently. Does everybody in that scene need the exact same debriefing process? Nope. Is it best from a data perspective that we do it together? Yeah, because we all process things differently in that moment. Is that the purpose of a CISD, the most effective ones, there to unpack the th the shit we did wrong? No. Nope. Is it to logistically unpack the things? No. Nope. Tell me where you felt it. What are you feeling right now? Oh, I don't fucking know. Like the, the you didn't call me on the no, look at me. I just felt like I fucking didn't have a clue what was going on. Okay. Okay. I'm having snacks. I'm having coffee. I am doing I, everything I can to get the prefrontal cortex back. That's the purpose of an initial CISD as soon as possible to get that brain regulated. I don't want you to go home. Right. I don't. Do I want you to shower? Do I need to look after your physical being? First of all, absolutely. Right. If that is something I need to do to take care of you right now, that's the plan. And then let's go. Come on. What, what, how does it make sense to send you home for three days? What are you doing in those three days? Healing. No, you're, 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 I don't even know what your kneecap is called. Maybe your patella, your mandolin, something. Oh, you got it. Thank you. See, is shoved around to the back of your leg. You like if I consider this a physical injury, right? Would I send you home? No, you're my crew. You're my people. I care about you more than anybody on the planet. Sometimes even more than my husband. And I'm not going to send you home. I'm going to see, okay, okay, okay. But there's such a stigma about staying. There's such a stigma about, I'm not doing the fucking debriefing. What does that mean? We're all fucked. We can't handle this stuff. Nope. So what it means at all. It means if we're going to continue to serve and be the healthiest unit we've ever been and change this fucking world, because that's what we've been called to do, put here on this earth, that means we got to look after each other first. And that's the biggest thing is the preventative measures and quicker reactive measures. Like, because if you wait until you know you have a problem, 
it is way too late. It is so far down the road because we don't tend to reach out for help until we've not only hit bottom, but we've been there rolling around in the shit for quite some time. And we've chewed up and spit out a couple of marriages and our kids aren't talking to us. Like it's a long way down before people typically go, oh, I can't ignore this anymore. I need to ask for help. Um, but if people before they're injured start doing the work before they're injured, if they still get injured after that, it, it's probably going to be a little bit less severe. They're going to have more resilience, but you're only going to have resilience. And the, and I, I say this again and again, nobody, and I mean nobody, is immune to an OSI. Fucking nobody. If you get your legs blown off in a goddamn mind strike, nobody says, oh, you just must have had weak shins. Well, why didn't you see that landmine under there? Why, why didn't you do, why weren't you more careful on your patrol? Nobody says that shit. Nobody blames the, the, the injured when your legs get sheared off. But that is exactly what we do with an OSI, with an operational stress injury. Because yeah. we think it is a disorder. No, it, I, screw the DSM, screw the D in PTSD. It is an injury. It is a neurological injury because your fucking amygdala got stuck on overdrive and, and the foot can't come off the throttle. It's stuck there. That's what it is. It's a neurological injury and it's a son of a bitch to deal with it. But the sooner son you get bitch. on it and the more uh, preventative stuff you do, like do the work now before you're injured. <laughs> preventative is good. Right. Which is, which is part of, I think, you know, some of the pitches, right? Like, so we, you know, there's, there's often questions that I would experience, you know, so sort of then what, okay. So if we want to talk about for me, one of the things I hope to do before I die is really this idea of creating safe places, really, uh, you know, talking about, you know, your podcast places where you can let so many people are sort of creating so many great, safe, healthy places. And Hello Hero is an event that we're doing on November um, 5th that I hope to become an annual event where we bring in some of the, I think, you know, people who understand this stuff and we talk about it and we provide resources and links and connections. Uh, and, you know, it's hard. And Mark, you know, we've talked a little bit about this is getting people in this community activated to be able to feel safe enough to to access these resources, to come to the talks, you know? And so my big point is the spouses. And oftentimes we have, you know, very few usable resources for first line, you know, first responders, but we do a sh leave and less for uh, their spouses. So that's my biggest goal these days. And that's really about what, you know, Hello Heroes about for me is can we start to have those conversations about how we do this better and not try to fix and not be scared when, you know, people struggle after seeing hard things, because you should. Um, and then the other thing I want to say is, because I want to finish this conversation, uh, we have to do this again, sir, because I uh, I have to wrap this up, but um, not because I want to, but because I have to. I just um, yeah, we're just about out of time. I know it feels like we were here for 20 seconds. Um, but I think, I think what's so critically important is, you know, the, the conversations about not only sort of what do you do in this moment, which is again, you know, really, I think reaching into each other is so critical relationship knows no hierarchy. I'd never want you to say this. I'm just a junior guy. You know, I, I, who am I to stop into the superintendent's office or the white shirts office? No, don't fucking doubt it for one second that everybody needs some eye contact. Um, everybody needs some, you know, sort of gentle one-on-one. -on -one. You don't uh, approach people as a group. That's fucking dumb. Like, um, you know, you cut them from the herd and one-on-one -on -one just have those conversations, you know? Um, I think the other thing that's really critically important is, is switching this idea of what are we doing in training? 
Uh, you having, you know, just a day or two uh, is not enough. How do we start to talk about the emotional regulation that's involved in this work? And what do we do for spouses? So those are some of the things that I think um, I, I think are really critical places to land. And I, you know, we're going to talk about that in Hello Hero, but that's certainly my commitment is to keep sort of having those conversations with it, you know, with anybody that'll listen. So I'm so grateful I got to join you today. As always, Mark, you're a goddamn rock star. And uh, I hope we get to do this again soon. We sure will. Uh, we'll, we'll get another one booked. And I really want to drill down into the meat and potatoes of Hello Hero. Just uh, quickly before you sign off, how much of a time commitment is Hello Hero? Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a one day. It's on a Friday. We did that, you know, um, really purposefully just to try to catch as much as we can uh, around shift work. But it's a recorded day. So you can watch it in chunks later. The lowest level of ticket is, I think, 49 bucks. You get 24 hours to watch it. The next level is, um, I think it's, it's. we try to make it as affordable as we possibly can, 69 bucks. There's a um, a, a, a former fire chief um, who was burned um uh, he and his wife are going to talk about the effects of their trauma, traumatic injury. Um, uh, Caleb Dahlgreen, the survivor of the Humboldt Broncos bus crash, is there as his Dan's son. And then I'm going to talk about trauma the entire day, and um, which sounds so uplifting and exciting, but I promise you'll be really fucking fun. And the cool th thing about it is you watch it as a team, as a staff, as a nursing unit, like whatever, or you watch it with your family. And you can watch it in chunks because you have, I think, 60 days to watch it. So it really is, I think, you, you have to get the ticket before the event starts um, uh, or a couple days later. But we've really reached out to groups saying, do this for your team. Bulk ticket sales, you know, offer this to the spouses, offer this to, you know, whoever. Here, here's five codes. We bought it as a staff or we bought it as a team. It's a great investment to just start the conversation. And uh, I think it's cheap, like it's cheap professional development uh, and you have access to it, right? So you can get credits like continuing ed credits uh, because I can sign off on the certificate. So all of these things I think are options, but it's uh, it's coming up November 5th. It's a virtual event. Um, so you can, you know, you don't need to be with a bunch of people trying to figure this shit out. Um, and so we hope it's going to be an accessible resource for for anybody who wants to sit, police, fire, military, EMS, all the people you speak to, corrections. As soon as we sign off, I'm going to send a copy to the um, the police union for the RCMP, the MPF. So uh, and maybe they'll they'll send it out to the to every every mountie. So I'll do my best yeah. on this to get that going for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, they've been MPF have been great with us too. So yeah, I would so appreciate that. So thank you for having me, sir. Thank you, Jody. Appreciate it, sister. And uh, you have yourself a fantastic day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Now, I've got a favor to ask you. And I know everybody asks for the same favor, but it's really, really important. If you can help, do your little bit by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and a comment. That would be awesome. Also, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or whatever floats your boat and blows your hair back, please click follow. And if there's an option there for rating, please do so. And this is why. Every time you click like, leave a rating, leave a comment, what happens is that it makes it easier for other people to find this podcast. The help that you can't find doesn't help at all. So help other people find this so that they can help themselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring.